Support for this show comes from Slack. You're a growing business and you can't afford to slow down. If anything, you could probably use a few more hours in the day. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Hi, this is Scott Galloway, NYU professor, best-selling author, serial entrepreneur, and the host of the Prop G Markets podcast. For nearly two years, Prop G Markets has brought listeners unfiltered analysis on high-flying stocks, burgeoning sectors, stupid acquisitions, and master of the universe CEOs. Starting May 20th, Prop G Markets is launching a new feed with two episodes per week. What a thrill! The good news? I know how to get your rich. The answer... It's on Prop G Markets. Don't miss out. Listen and subscribe to Prop G Markets wherever you get your podcasts. Once upon a time, there was a pandemic, and no one knew how it would end. But then there was a vaccine out of nowhere, like a dream. And then there was another and another there were all of a sudden too many vaccines to count. And all people needed to do was get this shot and the pandemic wouldn't be as bad a thing. But they didn't. And here we are with no end in sight. Shalina Chatlani has been reporting on surges in Alabama, Mississippi, and Louisiana for WWNO in New Orleans. We asked her how bad it is down there. Really bad, Sean. You know, in the second week of August, Mississippi health officials said there were no longer ICU beds. At various points, we've seen ambulances come up to this emergency room area and have to wait because beds are not available here. It's a similar issue in the sister states. This month, Louisiana saw an increase of nearly 300 patients over just one weekend. Each morning at Baton Rouge General Hospital begins like this. Yesterday was incredibly busy. We went from 39 to 47 COVID ICU patients. And there are a lot of children who are also being admitted to hospitals as well. Some children have even died of COVID in Mississippi and Louisiana. Right now, the U.S. is averaging more than 109,000 new cases each day. Nearly one in five of those infected is a child. And so it's a pretty dire situation. Hospitals are completely overwhelmed. And a lot of healthcare workers are really upset. My name is Felicia Croft. I have worked in the COVID ICU pretty much the whole pandemic. The Delta wave that we're seeing now, people are younger and sicker, and we are intubating and losing people that are my age and younger. People with kids that are my kids' age that are never going to see their kids graduate. They're never going to meet their grandkids. What percentage of people in the Gulf states are vaccinated right now? So right now, the percentage of people that are vaccinated is 45% or less. That's like across 
several states. That's across Mississippi, Louisiana, and Alabama. So Louisiana has the highest rate of those. More than 60% of people in Louisiana are not fully vaccinated. And that's overwhelmingly who's ending up in this hospital with COVID. Alabama is the lowest or perhaps tied with Mississippi for the lowest. Okay, so some people are getting vaccinated. Who's getting the shot? The people who are getting vaccinated right now in these states are people who probably took a wait-and-see approach at the beginning of the vaccine rollout. Maybe they were unsure of the COVID-19 vaccine and they wanted to wait a little bit to see how it would work in their friends. It's also people who are seeing what's happening with this Delta variant and seeing that it is really highly transmissible and pretty much affecting people who are unvaccinated. We have seen a bump in vaccination rates um, in places like Louisiana, where the weekly average of people getting vaccinated has uh, seemed to triple over the past few weeks because people are seeing that the variant is so dangerous. And who's still holding out? What we've seen is that a lot of the hesitancy in this region is coming from rural white conservatives and people of color. Hmm. For people of color, the vaccine skepticism appears to be coming from a history of medical distrust. And then, of course, there's also a lot of rural white conservatives I've spoken to who say they don't trust the government and they don't like to be told what to do. One person I spoke to for an NPR story back in May was Brandon Ade. He lives in a small rural town in North Mississippi. I'll admit it, the South is, you know, I'm American, I can do what I want, and you ain't going to take my guns. And it's my body. And until I see significant research, significant, you know, anything, why take the risk? How are state and local governments responding? Well, some liberal cities across the South are and have honestly really been leading the charge when it comes to preventative measures like mask mandates. So Jackson, Mississippi has had one for a long time, and so has New Orleans. And the Louisiana governor has been strict on COVID, too, and implemented a mask mandate recently. But more conservative leaders have resisted that. Kids will not be forced by government or by schools to wear a mask in school. So for the most part, it's really been up to health departments in these states to offer guidance and recommendations. Hmm. When it comes to the specific things that those health departments are doing, it's been things like engaging with local doctors, asking celebrities to do PSAs. I'm Zaila Avant-Garde, National Spelling Bee Champion, Guinness Book Record Holder, and future neuroscientist and WNBA star. Recently, friends started asking for my advice. Here's mine. Get your V-A-C-C-I-N-E and give COVID the boot. Some places have really gone all in. You know, over here in Louisiana, where I'm at, a lot of places have been offering a free pound of crawfish, a fish fry dinner to get your vaccine. Oh, man, 130 pounds of crawfish in here. These mud bugs have boiled into this beautiful red color. It's like a scarlet. Mm-hmm. Mm. Right? Delicious and safe. (laughs) All the way up to, you know, million-dollar lotteries. The way this is going to work is 14 lucky Louisianans with at least one COVID shot will win cash prizes or scholarships throughout the month of July, culminating with a grand prize of $1 million. That's going on in Louisiana right now. People are getting big, fat checks for $100,000 because they got the vaccine. These are states that we will remember from last year were resistant to shutting down. They're still resistant to mask mandates. Did it surprise you at all as a reporter that 
they were resistant to getting the vaccine? You know, um, I'll say that the resistance and the low vaccination rate wasn't surprising to me as a reporter and also as someone who grew up in Jackson, Mississippi. And that's because I realized that these issues really go beyond politics. There's not as much of a robust healthcare infrastructure here. There's been a lot of hospital closures over the last decade. There's not as much engagement with the medical establishment. There are also more chronic health conditions here. And of course, some of these states haven't expanded Medicaid. Louisiana is the only state out of the Gulf states that have expanded it. And the list goes on and on and on for why a lot of these communities just weren't prepared to have a public health official come to their communities and say, "Okay, you need to take the shot because they haven't engaged with the medical establishment for so long. And of course, what makes this surge and these hospitalizations and these deaths especially painful is that unlike when we saw this kind of thing happening last year, there is a vaccine now. Right. And I think that's what is so um, frustrating and exhausting for public health officials, who I really do think in the South have done an excellent job of trying to think of different ways to get the vaccine out. I think what's exhausting is that they thought that that was going to be the light at the end of the tunnel. That was going to be the last thing that was necessary. Okay, we have a vaccine. Now we just need to figure out how to get it to everyone and put it everywhere. That's the last barrier we have. But we've seen now it's not about access. It's about culture and historical, you know, structural, social determinants of health that cannot be solved overnight. So I think that's just the next challenge. And it's just a lot more difficult to solve that with any one public health policy or strategy. In her reporting, Shalina came across a nurse, a nurse who didn't want to get the vaccine. I'll talk to her after a message from our sponsors. Today Explained support today comes from Quince, which rhymes with since, but is spelt with a Q-U. The poet Josh O'Donohue once said, we're getting very classy here, when one flower blooms, spring awakens everywhere. Now, I don't know exactly if that's true, it tells me to tell you, but I do know that Quince offers timeless essentials that they say never go out of style no matter what the season. And honestly, that also kind of sounds like a poem, doesn't it? Not only that, Quinn says all of their items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Take it away, Claire White. The style feels great. It feels really timeless. It feels like a cut that I could wear over and over again and through a lot of different seasons. I love a plain sweater. You can upgrade your wardrobe this spring by going to quince.com slash explain for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash explained to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash explained. It rhymes with since. 
Support for Today Explained comes from Indeed. Hiring can be difficult. You can hope and pray and ruminate on how to find the perfect candidate, or you can turn to something more reliable, a smart piece of technology like Indeed's matching engine. According to Indeed, that matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences for job candidates, so it becomes more accurate over time. The more you use it, the better it gets. Indeed also lets you ditch some of the busy work, scheduling, screening, messaging. According to Indeed data, they have over 350 million global monthly visitors. They also did a survey that showed 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. Listeners of Today Explained will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Today Explained. You can go to Indeed.com slash Today Explained. Let them know you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Today Explained. Terms and conditions do apply. Need to hire? Asks Indeed. You need Indeed. My name is Mary Williams. I'm a registered nurse. I have a couple of businesses. I have a health and wellness coaching business for women. I also have a nonprofit for um, young women. And I just recently, in the last three months, started a Healthy Meals on the Go business here in Clinton, Mississippi. Sounds like you keep busy, Mary. I am, I am, I am. And you had a very busy last year and a half, I imagine, because you're a healthcare worker in a pandemic. It's been taxing um, because, of course, you know, as a nurse, you want to see people get better and recover. And how close has this virus come to you? Well, actually, my husband had it in December. That was hard because we have three children. I have a a 27-year-old daughter, a 21-year-old daughter, and a 14-year-old. You know, don't ask how we got all those. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But... um, Everybody was in the household except for my 21-year-old because she's away at college. But, of course, she was coming home for the Christmas holiday. So we had to change up how we did, you know, Christmas. We actually had Christmas outside in the backyard because, of course, not wanting her to be inside and to be exposed. And it was shortly after your husband got COVID and y'all celebrated the holidays that the vaccine really started rolling out in earnest. Mm -hmm. What did you think when you first heard about the vaccine and heard that, you know, it might be available to you as a healthcare worker? I was not on board with getting it. (laughs) Um, There's just a lot of information, um, you know, kind of conflicting information. And and I feel that way even now. So I think I, I, I took the road of just staying still. You know, not not getting the vaccine. I, I was not, you know, I was not for it. And my husband got it immediately. Did you consider yourself anti-vax? I'm doing quotes. I won't say that because, I mean, I, I you know, I get the flu vaccine. Um, I, I mean, I'm fully vaccinated. I just, with this, it's just so much uncertainty, I feel. Thinking back to that time where your husband has the shot and you don't, what sticks out in your memory? The pressure, the pressure, pure pressure. My husband was pressuring me. My sisters were pressuring me. I'm the youngest also of 10 children. 10? So I am, I am. You know, this is when I think um, the Biden administration was talking about that, you know, hopefully by July 4th, things would be kind of opening back up and people would be able to get together. So that was like the carrot, I think, that my 
siblings were dangling over my head that we would get together as a family for the 4th of July and everybody that wasn't vaccinated could, would not be able to come. Oh. We hadn't gotten together in over a year. So that was our plan to, you know, get together as a family for the 4th of July. Hmm. So that was really my really, really driving force. I wanted to see family. So you got the shot? I did. I did. How'd it go? You know, my initial, when I first went to get it, it was through a drive-thru at a, um, a baseball park here. I was in the line to drive up, and, and actually they had cones set up. And as I got closer to the area where you get the shot, I actually pulled over, pulled out of the line into a parking space and called a friend of mine. And then, you know, and she had gotten it like the week before. And she was like, Mary, just do it. You know, I'm going to stay on the phone with you. So I was like, okay, I'm just, I'm just going to do it. So I got back in the line and I got the first shot. So you almost didn't do it. I did. I almost did not do it. Did getting the shot and, and feeling, you know, free and, and <laughs> accepted to hang out with family change your mind about the shot? Did you become someone who told other people to get it? No, no, it did not. <laughs> huh? I, I'm still, um, I, I, I believe that it, it's, it's a personal choice. I know it's a public health issue, but like I said, I'm just not really convinced with the, the science and the information. Huh. So I do believe that it's a personal choice. That's really interesting. So even as a public health worker, Knowing this is a public health issue, you still think people should make their own decision on the vaccine? I do. I do. Because you have to remember, too, Sean, I, I mean, I, I've, been, I've been a nurse over 20-some years, so I've seen behind the curtain of science. <laughs> I've seen behind the curtains of health care, like the health care disparities, um, especially in the black and brown community. So, of course, I've seen that up close and personal. And I'm not talking about, you know, 1960s. I'm talking about 2020. What kinds of disparities have you seen, Mary? Just access to care. That's a huge um, challenge for our community of just having adequate access to good quality care. Because, of course, you know, lack of insurance or lack of quality insurance. And then here, of course, I'm here in Mississippi, so being one of the most impoverished states. So now you add that in. So I feel like it's like, okay, get vaccinated, but I'm not going to give you access to fresh fruits and vegetables. You know, get vaccinated, but you live in an area that may be, um, the air may be polluted, or you live in an area that there's no sidewalks. So you can't get out or the crime is so bad, you can't get out and actually get out in your neighborhood and exercise. But get a vaccination and this will keep you from getting a coronavirus, but you'll die from everything else. I mean, I, I, I totally feel what you're saying, but I don't necessarily buy the argument that just because everything else is messed up and broken, that you shouldn't take this one opportunity to fix something else that is new and kind of broken. In our society, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, maybe we are accepting a certain level of crime or malnutrition in our society, but there was this new coronavirus, and we did break all sorts of records to come up with this new vaccine that was vetted by scientists, 
and approved temporarily by the FDA and made readily available to all Americans. While a lot of the world, Mary, didn't have it. And that's why I say it is a choice. (laughs) But like, why do we have to have one or the other? If we're going to be concerned with people's health, let's be concerned all the way around. You know, it's like going into a community and saying that we're here to fix this part. And trust us that we'll fix this part. But this part over here will be broken on this side. Hmm. But then you want, you want people to trust that you have their best interests at heart. Well, I, I really appreciate your time, Mary. And I, I wish you and your family, your very, very big family, all of them, <laughs> safety throughout the rest of this pandemic. And uh, thank you so much, Mary. Thank you. Mary Williams is a registered nurse in Clinton, Mississippi. We found her through Shalina Chutlani, who's a healthcare reporter for the Gulf States Newsroom. It's a partnership between NPR and member stations in Alabama, Mississippi, and Louisiana. She's based at WWNO in New Orleans. You can find and support her work at WWNO.org. Today Explained is part of the Vox Media Podcast Network. The team includes Will Reed, Victoria Chamberlain, Halima Shah, Miles Bryan, and our engineer, Afim Shapiro. Our editor is Matthew Collette. Our supervising producer is Amina Al-Sadi. Our deputy is Jillian Weinberger. And Liz Kelly Nelson is Vox's Veep of Audio. Facts checked by Laura Bullard. Music from Breakmaster Cylinder and Noam Hassenfeld. Extra help this week from Paul Mounsey, Lauren Katz, and Emily Sen. Send electronic mail to todayexplained at vox.com. Tweet at today underscore explained or just delete your account and save yourself some trouble. Thank you.